When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jules with you on SEN Summer Mornings, 0457 736 736. And to keep those texts coming in, we have that. And the open line number, rather, 1300 01170. Sporting transition, Steve Smith opening the batting. I just thought of one with a bit of a tennis flavour, given we're about to speak to Brett Phillips. The great Scotty Draper, tennis player to golfer. There's one for you. The Australian Open in full swing. He's in his element. He's on the line again right now. Good morning, BP. Morning, Jules. How you doing? I'm going very well. Remember Scotty Draper and I think Andre Agassi, I remember at the time, said, how impressive is this bloke to go from having a, a really good tennis game to becoming a pretty decent golfer? Yeah, absolutely. And he's uh, you know, back working in tennis now, uh, Scott, and highly uh, respected and, yeah, been uh, a player that, uh, gee, I think the last time we had, you know, nine uh, males inside the top 100, he was uh, one of those nine. And you mentioned the name mm-hmm. Andre Agassi. How good was that? To have Andre at the tennis uh, yesterday, uh, bringing bring in the trophies and courtside to watch uh, Novak uh, last night. And yeah, I think he's here for a few more days. So, yeah, they're my memories of the green courts in the 1990s, which is just a great era in oh. sport. Uh, Jules, watching Andre win uh, you know, many, many uh, Australian Opens. And you know, I mean, some of these these sporting books can be a pretty average read, but but Andre's is one of the best sporting reads ever. You know, the revelation about his, his that French Open final loss to Gomez, I think it was. Worried about the hairpiece falling out, but we're talking about transitions. There's one from a, I guess, a, a bit of a tennis brat to one of the most likable people in the game. Now let's get to the on court action. Uh, Novak, not uncommon to see Novak, I guess, start slowly ish. Uh, this kid looks like he's got game, doesn't he? This this Dino Prismich. Yeah, very good. Uh, gee, good size. We were in the bunker last night as they came out on court and, yeah, you couldn't help notice how developed he was and, you know, similar to the body that Alcaraz has built and Holger Runa, that strong lower core and, yeah, won the French Open uh, boys singles uh, last year. So you always put a little asterisk next to those uh, junior Grand Slam champions just to, you know, chart their progress from there and, and some, you know, make that great transition to the pros. He looks like he's got the game. Uh, that can do that and you know, become a top 100 player. And Croatia, as we know, have produced uh, many a fine tennis player across the journey. It's, it's interesting with Djokovic, isn't it? Uh, you know, he can be cruising and then um, these guys challenge him. It's almost like he sort of wants these type of matches just mm. to work into the tournament. And then we know in the second week he just puts the foot down and the rest is history. But, yeah, he was full of respect uh, for the young man. And, Look, Jules, I'm just enjoying the uh, the generations colliding, to be totally honest. Uh, we've been talking about Elkaraz and Bruner and Sinner and these likes, and there's another crop that'll keep coming, and they're more confident than ever. Yeah. Uh, they're, re- they're respecting the resumes on the other side, but you know they're here to win, and they're, they're impatient, and they want to have success early, and it you know, creates uh, some great competition. It was half his age, you know. It's quite remarkable, which I, I guess points to incredible longevity of somebody like Novak who can still perform at that standard. It is incredible. Now, obviously, that game finished late. Rabakina 
you know, played one of the great finals in recent Women's Slam history, but serves a first serve at, what, 19 minutes to midnight. This is an issue that seems to rear its head every year, BP. What is the solution? Oh, Savalenka, you were meaning. I know who you were meaning. Sorry, sorry. So apologies, um, uh, Savalenka, is what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, well, you, you, can't, you can't avoid some of it, Jules. I mean... Uh, the, the thing is, with the nine network here, part of their deal, there's no way they're probably going to start the night session at six o'clock, which runs right into the news. So the night session, the earliest it can start is seven. Maybe you could start it at 6.30, arguably. Um, but you're in the lap of the gods. You know, tennis is just the one unique sport where um, there's no, no buzzer, there's no siren. It's just when it finishes is when it finishes. Now, probably when they were doing the scheduling, they put uh, Novak up against an 18-year-old and uh, they put uh, Sabalenka up against a qualifier. They're probably thinking this will be a fairly straightforward night at the office, not that Novak was going to play a four-hour first-round match, but they're they're the unknowns that make scheduling uh, really tough. And you can't go and put Sabalenka on another court somewhere else. You know, people have paid money to go on RLA for two matches. So it's just a part of it. Um, yeah. You know, you can't have put it totally. Uh, the tours, they were looking at it during the year for the tour events. I think the Grand Slams, you just sort of say, that's part of Grand Slam tennis. Mm. But for the tour events, I think they really are. They are trying to avoid those, you know, really, really late starts. But, yeah, lucky Arena didn't make it too late. And she uh, got it done inside an hour. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think the ATP and WTA were, were looking at this about not allowing matches to start, say, after 11 o'clock. You know, is one solution to move it to an alternate court? But if I'm buying a ticket to Rod Laver Arena, you know, I expect top billing. And yep. if that, that's going to be problematic in itself. Christian O'Connell, uh, wonderful scrap by him. Four hours, 21 minutes over the world number 88 and Garin, 3675 But what about this double bounce call? You know, I'm, I'm loath to, to bag officials and umpires because without them, we don't have a game. You need utmost respect for officialdom. But that was right in front of the chair umpire, Brett. That was a horrible call. Yeah, and we saw the reaction from Chris, who is a, is a good young man. And uh, players know. Uh, they know whether there's been a double bounce or not. And obviously, once we got that, particularly that front-on uh, replay, it clearly showed he had the racket underneath and. Yeah, that's when probably, you know, technology should have come into play. Uh, these these things matter in a four-hour match of small margins. Luckily for Chris, he was able to get the win. I mean, he, he looked gone a few times in that match against Gary, and he sort of just kept hanging in there. And he's got a great ability, O'Connell. He's got a pretty good mental state uh, out on court. He's got a great ability just to focus on the next point. And he's so skilled. Uh, he can play any shot, O'Connell. So I'm really wrapped for him that he found a way. And sometimes you just got to find a way. And Gary obviously brought a good pedigree. He's been a former top 20 player. But these are the wins you've got to have if you're going to make some progress in uh, in, the, in the majors and in your ranking is to win these big first round, second round Grand Slam matches. So, yeah, it was it was an incredible day, really, for the Aussies. I mean, you mm. know, Sweeney goes five yeah. steps of the world, number 22. Oh. And Kubler goes five hours last night. That I mean, hurt. Uh, a drama that hurt the Kubler. The I mean, he, he'd love that again, wouldn't he, Jason Kubler? Yep. He was yep. in the palm of his yeah, hand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah, and, uh, and and that would have been just a great fillet for him, you know, with his ranking having dipped outside the top 100 at the end of last year to get a 
the Grand Slam win, but you know, as we know, sport can be uh, pretty cruel. But hey, hats off to Dane Sweeney. I thought he played a great match. You know, to yeah. go with the world number twenty-two to five. His forehand Sarondolo, which has been the hallmark of his rise up the rankings, that got really cranked up in that fifth set. But yeah, Dane Sweeney, I'm yeah keen to chart his progress the next six months. I think you can you, know, you can certainly get inside the top two hundred as the first uh, box to try and tick. Uh, fast running out of time, Brett. A stack of Aussies in action today, headlined by the Demon and Rayanich tonight, uh, both in men's and women's. Just before we let you go, any other results sort of that jump out at you from the first day's action? Yeah, all the all the major uh, names won, didn't they? Uh, I mean, Sinner was pretty Impressive. good on the centre court. Yeah. You know, a, a nice opening. He's, his game's in pretty good nick. Yannick, he's got some presence out on the tennis court. He's a big, tall young guy who's you know, really improved as a volleyer and, you know, getting forward. So, yeah, it was fairly, yeah, fairly straightforward. Maria Sakri had a good win. No Netflix curse, maybe, for her uh, <laughs> this year. She's hoping uh, hoping not. Um, they were the standouts. Wozniacki, obviously, through with Lynette having to retire. So that was probably good for Caroline not to play a, a lung-busting uh, three-setter uh, to start the uh, the tournament. But, yeah, for the seeds, it yeah, pretty much went to plan on the opening day. And, look, 87,000 people... Jules, and I'm just walking across now. The crowds are enormous. Yeah. So uh, this event just goes from strength to strength every year. It does, and it's it's the favourite, isn't it, of the players in the Australian Open because they get well looked after. Is yeah. they're fun. It's the fun slam. There's always something happening. Yeah, and there's such a short little trip back to their hotel. They're not stuck in the Manhattan traffic. <laughs> yeah, that helps. Or the New, <laughs> yeah. New York traffic going 40 minutes to Manhattan. Or Yeah, so there's all... Yeah, and look, this facility I think will probably get better. I mean, Craig Tiley's talked about, you know, making this the best sporting event in the world uh, by a long way. So that, you know, that, that's around technology facilities. And they can... Yeah, there's more upside, no doubt. But we're pretty lucky to have this one. We're very lucky. We'll let you go. We'll catch you on the coverage and we'll speak tomorrow. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Jules. Here is uh, Brett Phillips, SEN 10 expert and Channel 9 pundit as well. 0457 736 736. Let's get the news headlines.